All right, we are back for our fifth podcast. Whoa. Let's see, we got uh, Sean and Sam with us today. Yo, yo, on, yo, yo, yo. How's it going? Let's it go. is going pretty dang good, pretty dang good. How was your guys' Valentine's Day? Oh, it was good. Yeah? It was very, very good. Lonely. I treated the lady nice. How was yours? What did you do? It was, it was pretty good, just, uh, just a little low-key, just uh, steak and wine. The the essentials. All right, all right. Oh, we'll let you say a little, little berry. Uh, I went out to eat with my family, you know. So, that was good. Yeah, Maybe you know, you know, I got good. free food, so that's all that really matters, right? Hell yeah, that's I always mean, that's, the win. That's all I want once on Valentine's Day, anyway. Is just uh, <laughs> yeah, take them out for some free food. That's all. It's, that's all. It's exactly, really man. Oh yeah. You know, Maybe some chocolate here and there. But, yeah, uh, dude. Nothing about, else really uh, matters. Games. Nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing else matters. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys been playing any games lately? I've been playing Monster. some. Oh, you go ahead. No, 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 because you're about to say it. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> go ahead. Monster Hunter World. Oh, Dang. Dude, you yeah. got, you've been enjoying your time with it? I've been hooked. This game is amazing. It's oh, it's everything with... Destiny should have been and just more. It's just oh, it's so good. I've been playing with you a little bit and Sam. Um, especially like early on, I'm not nearly as far as you are, Sam. You and I might be pretty close though. Yeah, I, I just beat the the big flying guy in the um the the rotten veil. Legiana. Yeah, yeah, that guy. There? And then I, okay. I beat I beat the one after that as well. Okay, so you're yeah you're just. You're just ahead. I think of I'm me. just past your. Yeah, I just, real I just close together. Uh, finished late on. Yeah, so much school's to been learn, rough. Though. This but, is my uh, first Monster Hunter game. When I do have free There's time, so definitely much been to spent learn. with Monster Hunter. Yeah, I've had it for like the 3DS, and I played a total of like five minutes. So this is like kind of <laughs> my first one too. It's yeah. it's a pretty like steep learning curve because there's so much going on, but it's like it's once nice you're though. in it, dude, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. De- definitely there's been a lot more improvements compared to like the older ones the older ones i've heard we're pretty rough around the edges at times yeah once we get past like once we beat like a certain part of the story then we can do high rank stuff that's when it really starts getting challenging i already think it's challenging but yeah. like i guess i haven't even scratched the surface yet yeah yeah like low rank is like a tutorial just a long tutorial <laughs> oh god when you get the high rank, it, it some of the monsters are the same, but they have like new move sets. They're more aggressive, do more damage. What they like totally are, change it up. What weapons are you using? Uh, I usually I main the bow. It's the best weapon in the game. It's just so much fun. And um, I'm I, I just tried the bow. Picked up a great sword for a little and, bit, uh, but uh, it didn't really catch so. me as good. Oh, that's the the bagpipe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a support weapon. So, like, you play like songs and it boosts your teammates and stuff. It's pretty sweet. Makes sense. It's the bard class, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it still does a lot of damage. Like, it's a good. Okay, weapon. okay. What about you, Sam? Uh, I, I mostly just the yeah, dual blades. Lots and lots of dual blades. I, I like being able to just jump and just slice everything across the back. You know, just it's it's lots yeah. of fun. Uh, I'm thinking about trying the. Uh, the lance and shield as well. I've been hearing that's pretty fun, and you can uh, chase down monsters with it when they're trying to yeah, run away. So I, I, might, I always, I always kind of like a spear and shield type of weapon in a lot of games. So I might give that a try too. But we'll see. Right now, dual blades are kind of my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah I really, I really want to try 
all of them. I just don't think I'm ever going to get around to, like, I might just to mess around play with a few, but like, I just want to get really good at like two or three. So that's what I'll probably look. I'll probably look like the best one. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be needing to look at like DPS numbers later on. I mean, maybe I will. I don't know. I, there's still so much to learn and everything. I'm, I'm just lost and I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it, but there's just, there's just a lot. Yeah. I think the best part is like, you can't really make a bad decision. You know, like everything is viable. It's good. Everything works, you know? Yeah. And nothing's like, um, I'm thinking like limited or whatever. Like no matter what decision you make, you can always fix it. Like there's no, uh, Scarcity of there you go. Scarcity. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm probably gonna be playing a little bit tonight. Probably a lot more this weekend. Yeah, um, for sure. Also just finished South Park's stick of, uh not stick of truth, the fractured butthole. Oh yeah, how was that? Solid was it funny? hilarious. It was it was hilarious, it was solid. Um I like I did I got all my trophies in it, so I don't need to go back and that's how I kinda like like playing those games i like to just completely finish it so i can now it's off of my backlog i don't need to go back to it you know at some other <laughs> point to do a certain thing oh, i did everything i need to uh do the the stick of truth was great that one's great i mean gameplay mechanics i wasn't looking for anything like groundbreaking i was just looking forward to a 30 hour episode of south park and that's exactly what i got it, it was it was hilarious throughout the entire thing oh god i need to scoop that up yeah it's oh, very solid. Any, anyone who's a big South Park fan, it's it's a must play. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic. You know, it, it's just one big long South Park episode, and you're just yeah. you're just loving it the whole. And then I, I think the DLC is supposed to be in Canada, so like I I might have to go back for that. <laughs> All right, so let's get into like the meat and potatoes of. This episode, it's a little bit different from what we were doing before. Before we you know, kind of talk about uh, the games we're playing, uh, this and that here and there. Today we're going to kind of focus on one main subject. And it's a really pressing subject right now in the gaming community. And that is microtransactions. Like, uh. As a whole. The microtransactions, the loot boxes. I mean, even a little bit in the DLC and stuff. Just kind of like... How that has affected the the gaming industry since basically they started. There's a lot to go into that, and I I want to you know give information on both sides. Like I do understand that these companies are businesses and they need to make money, but at at the same time I want to go into like how much money do they need to make? At what point is this just raising the dollar figure figure for you know shareholders, which is what everyone's trying to do. Right. But uh I don't know. We'll 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 dig into this and go um to the beginning, where we're at now, and kind of just give our opinions and stuff and just what we think or where we think the uh the gaming industry is uh is going. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's start with let's start with like the biggest fiasco that was Battlefront 2. It was uh it was pretty nightmarish with uh, everything that was going on. I haven't played the game. I never picked it up. I no, I wasn't I interested in absolutely refuse. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't oh interested God, yeah. in Battlefront to begin with. I mean, it looked cool, but it just wasn't my style of game. But after their whole fiasco, yeah, it just 
I, I, I was going to touch it anyway. Oh, man. It's it's so sad because the old Battlefronts were so good. They were, like, some of the best games ever. It's Yeah, as a child, man, Battlefront 1 and 2, those are, like, my favorite games of all time. I mean, I put so many hours upon hours into that. Like, you could put me in that game today, and I would probably still just wipe the floor in it. Because, like, I just, I know that game in and out, everything you can do, you know? Like, oh, I put yeah. so much time into that game, and... I was so excited when I heard they were bringing Battlefront 1 back, and I got it, was disappointed, the game, you know, it was cool, and it looks great, but it just felt really shallow and just didn't have that replayability like the first one did. Yeah. The original, oh, you know. That's, and, that's uh, what makes it sting so bad. It's uh, Yeah, it's yeah, that's, that's why it really hurts, because then, you know, I talk to kids today, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Battlefront, that's what an amazing game, and then they think of these games, and I'm like, oh. No, 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 not that one, not that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, when they were talking Battlefront 2, they were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have a story, we're going to have this, both both the Clone Wars and, you know, the Civil War, and, like, you're like, oh, right, they're finally doing it, they're going to do it right. But then, you know, I could tell it was still little EA, you know, like, they didn't have Conquest, which is, like, the best in the main mode in the original Battlefront, but for some reason they don't want to put it in because they don't want it to seem like a Battlefield clone, I don't know. And then no Galactic Conquest either, which are, like, the two best parts of Battlefront, you know. So, you know, so that had me a little shaky, but then, you know, I knew it. I just, I didn't pre-order because I knew EA would find a way. And there it was a week before release, and everything just blew up. Microtransactions. And so the main deal with that, I believe, were the microtransactions in that game, was it loot box based? So you would, it would be yeah, like just the random everything. rules on that? The, the, the thing that was so bad is your progression. A large part of progression in that game was literally tied to the loot boxes. Which is insanity. Yeah. So basically, it was a definitely a style where you had to pay to win, which is not foreign to games. But Battlefront Two was also a sixty dollars game, so it was sold to you as you pay sixty dollars for this AAA game, but you were almost needing to spend more money um, to to progress further in the game. I mean. You'll you'll get behind quickly for people. Uh, what do they call them? Whales that are willing to drop hundreds of dollars mm, on this game it makes to get it this stuff much quicker. more difficult. And it, it drastically uh, affected the gameplay. And that is where, like you know, the rise and the sting really came from. People have been opposed to pay to win styles of games with microtransactions and loot boxes, and a lot of people are opposed to just loot boxes in general. But this one was uh, such a blatant give us more money type deal to where enough was enough the people you know raise the flag the the red flag like no this you you're doing too much now this right. is out of line this is bad practice this is bad taste and uh it affect them sales wise i don't know i don't think it's going to affect ea as negatively as people might think it will cuz obviously they have their sports games that really Drive the red. I mean, yeah, the, their numbers were below expected, but it's still a huge Star Wars game, so it, it's still yeah. sold better than most games, but lower than they expected. 
And I know with that game specifically, the disabled microtransactions, but I believe they're coming back if they haven't already come back. Not yet, but they claim that they will be to their investors. Once they rework it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's it's just going to be flipping the switch back on, you know it. (laughs) But not to go too much into Battlefront, also like on the other side of things of current games right now, too, um... Overwatch is a game that people seem to be generally okay with as far as how the loot box system works. It's a game that it's basically cosmetic, anything that you're getting with that. It's still a loot box system, so you're not quite sure what you're going to get. But if you get duplicates or sometimes you'll just get like a currency, you could always buy the skin that you want from that. Which is the key distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So you can always buy what you want still, but it still so will require quite a bit. If you really want this skin, yeah, you can specifically just get it. I think that's a big difference in a lot of loot box systems is when you, if you don't have that ability to just buy it through, you know, playing whatever specifically, it's only for yeah. the loot boxes. That's where it gets a lot fuzzier. Right. And then to another game that we're playing right now, there's Fortnite, which is a free-to-play game. And everything that you buy in that, um, it costs quite a bit. Some of the skins can cost as high as $20. I be the first to say it. I've spent $20 on a skin, but that you just pay outright. You know exactly what you're getting. There's no loot boxes. You're not buying a loot box with it to kind of maybe get something you want. You mm-hmm. just pay the money and this is what you get. Mm-hmm. For, for me personally, that's way too much for any just random skin. I mean, I get that the game's free and all, but like, I bought the entirety of the PvE mode for less than I paid for <laughs> than you'd pay for a skin on there, which is ridiculous. Yeah, right. I mean, I get it; it's free to play, but like, I, don't know. I mean, but people keep buying it, so what can we do, right? But see, like, I don't have a problem with that because it doesn't affect the gameplay. You know, that's the that's the big part for me, and that's kind of where Battlefront fell on its face because. You can literally buy, like, for an extra $20, you're buying better characters and weapons and stuff. Like, right. It makes yeah. it so much less fun for the people who just bought the base game, and now they're already at a disadvantage. It yeah. ruins the whole point of progression when it's through a random, right? you know, generator. Right. Yeah. But out of curiosity, where where do you guys stand on the whole microtransactions in games? Are you... Are you okay with microtransactions to an extent, like how some of the games do it? Would you wish that you just remove microtransactions altogether? Maybe just remove loot boxes altogether? Oh, where where mm. do you guys draw the line? Uh, in in like in a like an ideal world. Well, you know, maybe I'll just kind of start out with just going through my story of microtransactions and how I've kind of approached them, you know, through my life. Probably, okay. probably the first one I saw, which was probably a lot for a lot of people, was Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Four. Oh god! The, the classic horse armor, you know. The classic thing. horse armor. I remember as a kid, like I was just a dumb kid, you know. My cousin brought it over. I was playing it with him, you know. He let me play it for a while. I had no clue, and I saw that, you know. I was looking at the DLCs, and I saw it. And I'm like, what? Why would anyone buy that? And it ended up selling a ton, you know. They made a yeah. good chunk of money, and that's. One of the first ones. I mean, it's not the first microtransaction, but it's one of the ones that really... That was the big one. Really that, was, that started all the whole thing. Like, yeah, they're like, wait, people yeah. are willing to pay a lot for this meaningless item. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
as, as I got older, you know, I had friends, and I, I play a lot of soccer, so I get the FIFA games, and uh, mm-hmm. a big part of the FIFA games was Ultimate Team, and uh, the Ultimate Team, you know, you're just getting players from all over, you know, buying and selling them with the in-game currency yeah. to, you know, build your Ultimate Team, basically, and then you take it online and play other people or, you know, go up against computers. But a big thing about it was you could spend real money to get packs. And, you know, you can it's still like that. I don't play anymore because it's, yeah. I, I realize as I got older, it's just gross. But you, you spend real money, you get these packs, and you have a random chance of getting a really good player, like an M4 player or something, you know. And you'll, you'll see the videos of YouTubers, you know, pulling this M4 Ronaldo or Messi, you know. <laughs> these amazing players and you know i would buy a pack and i'd just get garbage you know but i was a dumb kid yeah. so i just kept buying packs you know <laughs> right and, uh, as time went on i started to realize wow this is dumb but you know for younger kids that just like soccer and that's all they play it's like they don't know any better you know and uh, right. so as time went on i got sick of that and that's pretty much why i don't play fifa anymore because it just, it just infuriated me. I hated the whole system of it. And, you know, as my eyes kind of opened, I realized. So, as I've kind of formed my opinion from it. You know, I, I'm not a fan of it, microtransactions. Yeah. You know, I'm never really a fan of them. But I get why they're there. And I know they're probably not going to go away. Um, I'm, I'm fine with them existing, like you said, if, if they're cosmetic only. I'm not a fan necessarily of the loot box system. I'd rather have some way to like unlock it through a challenge or something, mm-hmm. you know, like old Halo Three or like Halo Reach, where you get the cash, you know, and you buy whatever. And those are my two favorite, you know, like getting gear and stuff, you know, because I, I, for me, I like it to show off that I worked hard to get this thing, not that I just spent twenty bucks and got it, you know. Right. So, so me personally, I'm not a fan of it, but I get why it's there. And I know it's probably not going to go away. So yeah. it's it's just how far they're willing to take it, you know. And that that's how yeah. I feel, you know. It it seems like it's it's ingrained in in games right now so much that we expect it. it you were it, talking it's about the horse armor, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were talking about the horse armor in uh, in Elder Scrolls, and that was the point where people were like you know, this is outrageous, this is too much, yeah. they're getting too greedy, uh, and, and, literally, look, and I don't in even, hindsight, I, looking back, I don't back, remember, like I don't even know if it did anything, <laughs> I think yeah. it just was cosmetic. It, it was just cosmetic, it was just, it was, it was horse armor, Dollar ninety nine for some horse armor. I, I remember looking at that, and I'm just like, this is stupid, why would anyone do this? But, yeah. <laughs> people bought it, and, you know, Hey, I mean, Sean, where you uh, were you sitting on 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 microtransactions in games? Well, like back in the day, I used to play League of Legends a lot, and that's like mm-hmm. the perfect example of how it should be done. Like that's the whole game is free. Stuff. The whole game is free. Mm-hmm. But like, and I was like, yeah, oh, sweet. and it's this very is free on when it's the free to play. Yeah, yeah. But when I was playing, I was like, oh, I'm never gonna spend any money on this stupid game. Like it's free. Like, this is great. And then, like, as I was playing, I was like, oh, I really like this character. Like, I kind of want to buy a skin. And you mm-hmm. can. Like, you can just buy the skin 
itself. You don't have to buy 1,800 loot boxes to find it. You know, so that was, like, it was perfect. But also the nice part was there were certain items that, like, they're called ruin pages, and it takes a long time to grind it, which they purposely do, uh, so that you can also buy them. So it doesn't yeah. give you an inherent advantage, but it lets you have a little bit more flexibility in how you set up your champion. So it, it was like they did it properly, so it kind of incentivized you to purchase stuff, but you could always just grind out the time and, you know, get the same thing. Uh, yeah. As far as AAA, $60, $70, $80, $100 games, I, I feel like there's no place for any kind of game altering DLC, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For I don't care if it's skins or whatever, if it doesn't affect gameplay then. Yeah, it's, it's real you. different if it's a real expansion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, it they used it used to be called an expansion for a reason, you know, and now it's you know, it's DLC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like my first, you know, time really experiencing and it's not I wouldn't even call it micro microtransactions, but let's just like DLC in general. I mean, because before, I mean, I was playing games on Sega Genesis, uh, Super Nintendo, you know, the Nintendo 64, things like that. Whenever you bought something, it was always in the store. It was never any download. You wouldn't get stuff. I remember when there was like uh, an expansion to the Nintendo 64. There's like this little thing you could remove in front and you got this oh, yeah, upgraded thing it was the only way i was able to play uh the donkey Kong 64 needed the new upgraded <laughs> oh know, man. whatever it was you put in that but everything was done in store so the first time i probably experienced any sort of dlc in general with any game was with halo 2 and it was when they were releasing new multiplayer maps mm-hmm. and at the time i was like well, this sucks because I bought this game and I didn't know if my mom was going to give me the, I don't know what it was, maybe $5 per map or something. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't too bad. The maps look cool or it might have been like $10 for the three maps or something. But that was the first time I was ever introduced to paying additional money for a game after the game had been released. It wouldn't be something I would go to stores to buy. It would be something that you downloaded on the Xbox store. And I think even on at the time, um, Xbox was still on their point system. You had to buy... X, spend X amount of money on Xbox points and then the maps cost X amount of Xbox points. I don't remember if that's what it was called. It was, I don't even think it was even until the Xbox 360 era until the switch from points to being able to just spend money on that transaction. And and that's kind of like where I first started um, seeing it like with the, the DLC. Now as far as like microtransactions go, I never really spend any money on microtransactions on console or pc games the first time i did it was with mobile games cell phone games mm, um, yeah that's when they really started to come out and i had my time on those clash it clients. might not have even been until candy crush that i actually spent money on a game to get extra lives or bonuses or whatever i needed for that the <laughs> little candies to to move up and that's where Candy Crush, and let me just put it this way, Candy Crush was half of Activision's microtransactions revenue for 2017, grossing $2 billion. I don't want to say Candy Crush, it's King Games. So yeah. King Games, you make yeah. other ones, but King 
and their microtransactions oh, was two billion dollars <laughs> of of revenue for Activision last year. Mm-hmm. That is insane. The, the mobile gaming market is ridiculous, and it's that's ridiculous. always it's always in your hand. It's always mm-hmm. pestering you. It's always there, just saying, "Hey, look at me." You know, I I did my time. With a mobile game that I probably spent way too much time or money on, and I, I was a Family Guy in the quest for stuff. <laughs> I played that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I went really hard on that. Uh, I I had to delete it, man, because I just I was mm-hmm. put too much time, and I probably put too much money into it than I should have. And yeah, <laughs> it was the same thing with like FIFA. I just realized this is dumb, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and then, and then, like, not even like a few months later, South Park came out with the Canadian Devil episode, you know, with the Terrence and Philip right. game, which was right. pretty much directly making fun of that, you know. So yeah. I'm like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so most of the mobile games that came out were free, and now it was like where they get you. It was always that's, free to download, and there'd be the additional thing. stuff to buy. Um. I, I'm gonna have to find out where where I got this information. And everything I this is, I don't know what the source is on this, but I was reading something where they're talking about um, a free to play game should be made with the intentions that 98 percent of the people aren't gonna spend a dime on that game, but you're gonna make your money from the two percent the the whales that will spend the money on that game, right? And What's happened and it's changed is that, you know, at one point it said, all right, well, they're saying 98% isn't going to do it. Let's, let's like, instead of, you know, trying to reach 2%, let's try and get 3% of people to, to, um, spend money on the game. It's kind of like something we have, like the power of one, the power of 1%, you know, let's just get that 1%. How much more revenue will we get? And then it's the following year and it's another 1%, another 1%. And now this 98% that was originally there. Now it's 90% of the people aren't going to spend money on the game and 10% will. Well, in order to do that or to achieve that, you have to be more aggressive in the tactics that you're using to get people to want to spend more money. Um, And I feel like that is the trend that they're going now. And now the norm isn't 98%. And I don't know when that was said. But it, it can't be not the way they're they're treating my microtransactions, especially in, in free to play games. It's, it's no longer the two percent; it's now the ten percent, you know, and if not higher for for other games. Oh well, yeah, I think, and a lot of these mobile gamers are you know not people who play on consoles or PCs. You know, the yeah. the real big games they're just you know your mom or your like every regular person. Yeah. And, and what's a dollar? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then ten more times. <laughs> yeah, ten more times. I, I think that's the official slogan of mobile buying, games. Then you're, you know, because you see those ridiculous options like the spend three hundred dollars for fifteen thousand, you know, gold or diamonds or whatever, you know. It's yeah. like who would ever do that? But there's a reason it's there because there are crazies who are obviously buying the two hundred dollar package for yeah. however many gems or whatever it is in that game, you know. Oh, and and the mobile market of games really hasn't been around that long. I mean, not I'm not going to say that Apple's the first um, with you know the smartphone technology, but 
I mean, it, it really... It's relatively young compared it's to It's relatively things. young. Yeah, I mean, within the last type, 10 years. Other have, type of have, media? Yeah, it's, it's relatively young. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, since the, the mobile market has really escalated and it's only growing, it's only getting bigger. I mean, there's no one out there that doesn't play games anymore. Not really. They, they play games in some fashion. It might not be on console, um, might not be on PC, but almost everyone out there is playing some sort of game on their phone. And so they're exposed to microtransactions all the time. And with the success that these companies are seeing with microtransaction, it's become now it has transitioned into console games where it's like we're spending millions and millions of dollars to develop these games let's, you know, if we're going to spend that much money and stuff, let's, you know, we want to get those initial sales, but we also want to get that extra revenue on the back end. I mean, um, what is, mm. you probably know more about this, Sam, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, um, yeah. the GTA Online. Do yeah. you know, like, maybe some sort of rough figure of some year, maybe what they might be making on uh, <sighs> microtransactions? I, I remember Take-Two saying, so I can't remember an interview. I remember watching an interview actually with their uh, CEO on like CNBC or something and that that's a big part of their thing is the service and the microtransactions because like how especially with like Rockstars you know they don't release a game every year anymore you know it takes them four you know three or four years or whatever to release a new game it takes a long time you know and when it does yeah. come out it sells like hotcakes you know like nothing can beat it you're if if your game's coming out in the same month as a Rockstar game, you might as well be dead. Cause right. right. And so through the GTA Online, what they do is, you know, you play, you get money, but every, all the good stuff, you know, at first it wasn't too bad. But now as time has gone on and DLCs have come out, you know, and all the DLC is free, and I appreciate that, and a lot of it's really fun. I, I think for quite a while it was pretty reasonable, but... uh. Definitely the more recent ones. To get the good stuff, it's ridiculous amounts of money. And they sell shark cards. So basically, however much money you want, you buy these shark cards with real money. And it gives you a million in-game dollars or whatever, you know. And uh, I think a huge portion of Take-Two's revenue, who owns Rockstar, was like nearly 70% or something was microtransactions, which is ridiculous. Jeez. That's pretty absurd. That's crazy. Um, let me throw some numbers at you guys real quick. Um, just pulling this up, and this is uh, from 2017. Nothing, uh, nothing yet from this year. Um, 108.9 billion dollars is what the global gaming industry grossed last year for 2017, and this is um, on Newzoo.com is, is where I'm reading this. Um, $108.9 billion in, in game revenue. Now, um, where was I reading this? So 42% of the market for that was mobile. There we go. Yeah. 42% of that revenue was from mobile. The rest was from PC and console. So, so mobile is uh, not at half. Take two's revenue from microtransactions and like two K and Grand Theft Auto was forty two percent also. That's what they got. So that's, that's a little over. But hmm. But yeah, still forty two percent is still crazy. Like but half so right profits. now yeah. mobile is 
8% behind PC and console. Um, and they're predicting by 2020, it'll be just over half of it. Uh, which, when I look at those numbers, that is it's a little upsetting to me because mm-hmm. the their businesses, at the end of the day, um, mobile games are much easier and cheaper to develop than console games are with the power and all the stuff that's required and the development time and the people on hand. And now you have, um, you know, uh, music involved and everything and the composers and putting together like all the stuff. There's just so many things going to it. Mm-hmm. These AAA games cost millions of dollars. Whereas They're you bad. could have a game like Flappy Bird that was just made by one person that took the world by storm for, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. for a dollar a at a time. Yeah. Yeah. For a dollar at a time. And stuff. So, did he just get yeah. ad revenue or something that made the guy rich within like yeah, a month? Ad revenue oh, over yeah. something as simple as that. So uh, yeah, well, and that's it's that's funny. what's so ridiculous about it. And like, that's why, especially when like mobile games are really starting to catch traction, you know, a lot of people were worried that it would kill off, you know, console games and all that. The big mm-hmm. games. It, yeah. it killed off Silent Hills. I was pissed. <laughs> well, uh, I'm still uh, salty about that. That and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> pachinko machines. Yeah, the Japanese pachinko machines, machines replaced Silent Hills. Pachinko machines. Yeah. So you got you yeah. got your Silent Hill pachinko machine. You know, yeah, it's still yeah, on those right. properties. That'll scratch the edge. That's what I need. <laughs> so yeah, but the, but the issue that I see tell. moving forward is if by 2020, and they say that the mobile industry is going to be over half. I mean, if you're a big, you know, developer publishing company right now, what side of what's got a scale do you want to be on? Do you want to be? I mean, obviously there's money to be had, but you're going to put more of your eggs in the basket of, you know, the mobile. If the mobile's making the most revenue, you know, mm-hmm. it's a business at the end of the day, so they're going to be on that end. And and majority of this has to do with the revenue with microtransactions. You can put a game out for free, and then people are willing to spend the dollar here and there. For you know what's coming up, I don't think that console or PC gaming is going to go away, but I definitely think we're going to see a shift in in the quality. I mean, why? I mean, work smarter, not harder. You know, everyone tells you that. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. it looks like that might be a trend to be going on. Um, another uh, number I want to put at you too was uh, Activision in particular. So Activision's revenue for 2017 was 7.16 billion dollars in total revenue for uh, the fiscal year. Four billion dollars of that was from microtransactions for Activision. So the majority of money that Activision made last year was on microtransactions, Mm -hmm. with two billion of that being from King. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of that's you know Overwatch made a lot too, and that's kind of why like Overwatch isn't as bad, but it's like a you know a big abuser of that because that's one of the ones that have gotten so big. And that was one of the yeah. ones that kind of started started the ball really rolling on the loot boxes and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I There was a certain point in time, and I, I'm going to have to look back later on and see if I can quote, but I don't know if, they, if it was EA talking or for someone else, but they were saying that they don't really make a lot of money off of microtransactions. Well, clearly that's a lie. Clearly, whoever said that <laughs> yeah. was just trying to, you know, like shed blame. It's like, no, we don't really make that much money. If 
if, if more than half of your revenue, doing it. Yeah. yeah, if more than half your revenue is from microtransactions, then mm-hmm. that is absurd. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, with, with Battlefront 2, they didn't get hit all that bad with the sales because it's a Star Wars game. You know, it didn't sell as well as expected, but still sold a lot. Where they really yeah. got hit was the, you know, the afterwards, the, the constant flow of cash, especially with going with the free DLC model. Mm hmm. For the microtransactions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, I mean, this is all, like, the whipped cream topping on all of it for the developers and yeah. stuff. Because it's, like, most of them are the, pretty much the same assets. You know, you don't need anything besides just tweaking some number in the color. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now, <laughs> with, with this number, um, I'd have to do, like, more look into it. But I'm assuming that it also includes... Um, Blizzard, because it's Activision Blizzard. So, um, part of that, um, I mean, yeah, you have Overwatch, but you also have to look at like World of Warcraft, which is um, a monthly income, you know, per the subscribers um, coming God, in as well. God brings in play. And yeah, and Call of Duty uh, and Destiny um, yeah. is in there as well. <laughs> so, it's a part of that. I don't. I'm not entirely sure uh, what they're used to seeing because obviously microtransactions is new enough that you can go back five years and microtransactions is not even you know a hundred thousand dollars of their total revenue for the year. Right. It's just it's it's so new. I'm I'm curious, and I'll just have to look back another day, maybe just make uh make a statement on that number. But I'm curious, did is Blizzard just now doubling the revenue? I mean, has it really gone up that much? I mean, are they were they typically a three billion, four billion dollar a year company, and in microtransactions just doubled that, or did they double down on the games coming out each year? I mean, I feel like Activision's been pretty consistent on timelines for their games. I mean, Call of Duty has been consistent each year. Yeah, um, you know what I'm curious about? How is like microtransactions gonna like? interact with the whole like subscription service kind of well that's style. the next that's the next step especially you know companies like ubisoft take and all that you know the, the big ones it's games as a service you know that's yeah. what they want that's what they're pushing towards now and right that's kind of an issue because yeah like that would kill my incentive to buy a microtransaction if like i don't actually own the game you know or whatever yeah yeah Exactly, and that's kind of like the whole the the games as a service type thing is going, where you know the the game will be a relatively low entry point, and then you'll spend money other ways on microtransactions in the game. Mm-hmm. The that's the one thing I definitely see going on. So I believe did we talk about was the last podcast about the Game Pass, or did we, we talk yeah, about we, that at all? We touched on it. So Xbox is going to start putting all of their. Uh, first party exclusives on the Xbox Game Pass for free the day it releases. And it's a way to push, you know, that $10 a month you pay and you get all this library of games. Uh, some games you'd probably never touch, you know, any other way. You probably wouldn't buy that game, but now that it's there, you're, you're opening up the market to, uh, X millions amount of more players. And it's just going to keep growing depending on what kind of titles are on there. Kind of like with Netflix. I mean, Netflix, is a service base. You spend ten dollars a month, and you get all these movies, and now it's what ten percent of the internet or something that they're saying. Yeah, it's something like unheard of. If if the Xbox Game Pass does 
what they expect to do. It'll the Halo, the Gears of Wars, the Forza brings people to that platform for ten dollars a month. They only think about it and you have access to this game. Those games are going to be reliant on how they're able to get people to spend money uh, like microtransactions well, in the game. I mean, it's basically I mean, going to be free. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they're going they're going for the Netflix, you know, effect, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and get more people in it. And also part of the thing, though, if you're going to be going for this subscription service, you know, on top of the online, so that's like 70 bucks a year, you know, or, mm-hmm. well, 60 bucks for the online Which pass and then they did you know, say that 120 like, again, a year, but it would only be the multiplayer that would be tied like you could pay for the xbox game pass and mm-hmm. play like the single player games on that without having xbox yeah live. i mean the thing that'll happen is you may pay for the pass and then end up buying the game if you like it enough if it's going to be leaving the pass yeah, and but yeah, with, with if they're going for that Netflix thing, they're gonna have to do what Netflix did is they're gonna have to bring in more quality because if they don't have quality enough games, no one's gonna care. Yeah. Um, one of these things I'm not sure. Maybe one of you guys can can look this up, but free to play games like League of Legends or or Dota generate uh, a ton of money too. But I don't have their exact figures, but. With the success of one that I am playing right now with Fortnite, I'm really curious to see uh, what the revenue will be for Fortnite by the end of 2018 because that game was basically free to play. When people came on, they came on for the Battle Royale. So I would definitely be curious to see how that works. But I would have to imagine that a game like Fortnite is more profitable than some of the other AAA titles that we saw last year or even that come out here in 2018. Oh, I would bet on it 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a, a pretty decent example of, like, the free-to-play done well is Warframe. Because I, yeah. I, I haven't played a lot of it, but I know enough. I mean, it's they set it up where it's free, but and you, there are microtransactions. But they add enough to make it worthwhile, and yeah, you, you, you it's one of it, they have it set up where you never really feel like you're getting cheated, you know, like you're missing out because you're not paying. But yeah. if you want to pay, it's there, you know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, has really been building up a player base, especially with the failures of Destiny Two and whatnot, you know, and just kind of starting to grab up that competition and the loot, you know, shooter category. So, one of the things people have talked about, like, microtransactions, I know loot boxes in in particular might get toned down a little bit with uh, the regulations. I know in Hawaii, uh, they're trying to propose a bill to kind of remove loot boxes, which, if it passed in Hawaii... The only thing I can see happening for like the immediate fix would be to stop selling games in Hawaii. It would have to be something that would have to like, I mean, uh, uh, like California. It's it's or, a lot of things all over the place, you know, not just the yeah. U.S. Different countries, there's foreign countries, and and like I mean, like in China, you know, they have to release the actual percent numbers for the loot boxes, which is a good step, but I don't think it would fix that problem no i'm just saying yeah Yeah. it's it's things have been done and uh ea just kind of pissed in the well for all the companies 
that yeah, they should yeah. have been. <laughs> now it's yeah. they spoiled it for everyone. So, it, I, so I don't know if anything will happen, but I think there will be more pressure on ESRB because I mean they describe you know it should be a you know a adult only game if it has gambling. And right. you know these loot boxes, you know it seems harmless, but they are gambling. You're gambling for something in game. Mm-hmm. With real money, it's it's. I don't care if you're playing cards or whatever. Like, just because it's not playing cards or you know it's a slot machine game online or something, like it's gambling. You're gambling for something you want, and oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's all it is, you know. And but because ESRB is run, you know, and lobbied by all the big companies. <laughs> Of course they're going to say, oh, we don't think loot boxes count as gambling, but, you know, as they're getting pressure. I'm curious to see where that will go in particular. Uh, One of the things that was brought up, and I I know the answer now, but before, you know, I was curious if this would ever be a thing. I remember back um, Nintendo 64... Um, when games were around $50 then, and then there's a price hike a little bit up to 55 And then I think towards the end of Nintendo 64 cycle, especially moving to like the Xbox, PlayStation 2 era, games started to become $60. And $60 yeah. has been the norm for a long time. Yeah, now, that's, that's the problem. 15 it? years. Do you think that the game, do you think that raising the price again, if it meant cutting back on microtransactions or loot box would be a good solution? I'd be fine with it, but I don't think it would work. Because I don't think people are willing to pay. I mean, there are people willing to pay, but I just, I don't know. And that's the problem, that at the current price point, some of these more expensive games that have these ridiculous graphics and stuff that they feel like they have to have in there to compete, you know, for me, it doesn't matter too much, but... For a lot of people, if the game doesn't look nice enough for them, they won't buy it. So they're spending so much on this stuff that they aren't really making their money back on the initial sales alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of becomes difficult. So I, I get why they have the microtransactions, but you know, it's uh, it's a little shaky, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus the whole psychology behind it too. Like, if I buy a game, I want to own the whole game. I don't want to, like... Yeah. Because then when, when you're, like, priced out for DLCs and stuff, you're like, oh, God, like, you know, my friends have DLCs 1 and 2, but I only have 2 and 3, so... So, in my opinion, I think that the price hike is already there. It's just disguised in DLC. Games yeah. are definitely yeah. longer than they were in the past, but I can tell you right now, Witcher 3, The Division... Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are all games that I spent $100 for. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy the DLC afterwards. I bought it initially with it. It came with a few extra features. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, that is already the price hike that you see. And they also have microtransactions yeah. in them. The, they the have the plans for the DLC. The yeah. Not to say that... Not to say that they shouldn't get that extra money for it like DLC before. The games are definitely longer than than previous well, games in the and, past. And you're, so you're, you're paying the extra for Witcher, but you're getting real, actual expansions, not right. just not the Destiny little, expansion. Yeah, just just yeah. yeah, five missions and a half a raid. 
And not to knock on the developers, because, I mean, the developers, they need to get paid. They want they want to get their yearly raises as well. These these publishers still need to make their shareholders happy so they don't leave. Mm-hmm. And so I get the, the rising price of games and in the gaming industry. It's, it's costing more to develop, and people are chewing through con- – there's no threshold that won't get surpassed by gamers. Like – Whatever amount of content you throw in a game, it's not enough. That's really what the mentality is right now with mm-hmm. a lot of games. People will chew through it. If you think that, no, there's no way they'll be able to chew through this, they'll be able to chew through it. I mean, they'll, oh, yeah. they'll get there. That's just kind of how some people are. And that's and that's how you know games like World of Work, Warcraft, where it's a subscription-based game and there's a lot to do and it can seem overwhelming to do it. But they have to constantly make content because there are those people that will go through all that content and they're paying the 10 to $15 a month expecting there to always be content. And it drives the developers to want to create more content because if they start losing their subscribers, that's when games die. Uh, the free-to-play models, you you kind of go with the expectation that one day it's going to cost more to develop that game than it will uh, for the people that are still playing it. And so, you know, these free-to-play games will eventually go. Fortnite eventually will go away. It, it just, that model cannot sustain forever. You know, there's always trends and people will go. It's a tough call. Like, when you look at it from, like, all points of view, it's a really tough call. Like, are it gets they, murky real fast, man. Yeah. Are they charging us too much or are they trying to uh, secure job security for their employees? Because, I mean, they have to look out for the employees, too. I mean, if these if if uh, John and Alex are working there and even working there and they plan to work at XYZ publisher till they retire – they're going to want to have raises and not going to want to be stuck at what they start off at, you know, when they were hired back in 2000. They, everyone wants yeah. to go into a company that they plan on retiring up with. Yeah, and that, that's why I'm really curious what's going to happen because, like, the last thing ESRB really wants and all these companies want is government to start passing regulations. Because, I mean, that that's part of the reason ESRB exists in the first place is because... They wanted to start regulating and, you know, making sure what was what, you know, because, oh, this game's too violent or whatever. So that's why ESRB came along, you know, to set a guideline so people knew, you know, this game's rated T, E for everyone, you know, mature. And if they refuse to do anything about this loot box thing, it's going to fall down the hole real fast because I don't. I'd prefer there not be regulations because, you know, that can be a real slippery slope real fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if if they refuse to do anything, it's only a matter of time and it's already happening, you know? So what are you guys' thoughts on as far as like a solution? Do you guys have an idea of what what a solution could be? What in an ideal world, what the solution to be to find the common ground between consumers and the suppliers for the gaming industry? For me, if it, you know, if it doesn't affect gameplay, if you could put whatever the heck you want in there, it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't affect gameplay, you can put whatever you want in there. You know, if people want to buy it, they buy it. They don't. don't matter. But that was the problem with Battle Battlefront. You know, like, it does matter. It changes mm-hmm. the whole thing. So that's where I draw the line. Yeah, for, for me, for me, I, I think it's tough. I, I personally don't like it at all. But I get why it's there, and I get it's probably going to be there to stay. And, and things like Fortnite, I, I don't feel as bad about it yet. Like Sean said, it doesn't affect the gameplay. And I could, uh, I'd like to be able to earn stuff and do things like that. I mean, I guess that's kind of what they've done with the Battle Pass, and they seem to be doing better with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, But yeah, I mean, there's a big difference having them in when it's a free-to-play game compared to me paying 60 bucks to own this game, and then you're going to yeah. nickel and dime me to get the rest of it, you know? And I think it's very different depending on what a quality product you deliver up front and the promises you make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, bro? I am okay with cosmetics being something in a game that costs money. And even if it is the coolest looking stuff and you can't necessarily earn that stuff, I'm okay with it if it doesn't take away from how a game is played. Uh, One of the things that I don't want to happen is to see the mobile industry take a commanding lead in the gaming industry as far as revenue. Because if that's the case, then you're definitely going to see a decline. One thing I would almost encourage these companies to do as far as microtransactions in games is make whatever i don't like loot boxes but whatever it is that you are selling as a microtransaction make them cheap make it make it a dollar and keep it at a dollar or something because people won't blink at a dollar they see that in mobile games they don't blink at a dollar you know when we start getting higher they won't spend as much and then the question becomes is well how can we be more aggressive to get these people to spend more money they won't have to if it's cheap they won't blink on that stuff or like skins. Like I said, loot boxes are things that it's kind of grimy in the way it is. I don't like the chances, but that's what's moving the mobile industry. I would I would want them to find a common ground between the mobile market and you know and, and maybe appease to the the console market in a way so that we're still getting quality games, but they're also making their money and it's not interfering with the gameplay as far as oh that person must have spent a hundred dollars that's why he's beating me right because i don't think they're going anywhere definitely so if i feel like it's taking you away from my experience i don't it it shouldn't be in there you know? yeah because i mean i i can tell you one thing right now i don't want 10 years down the road uh the console games i'm playing is candy crush on a big screen i don't want that i want them to keep making these great games of the art capcom just knocked it out of the park with Monster Hunter World. I want to keep seeing games like that. Mm-hmm. We we need to not say, oh, this game has microtransactions, like spit on it, you know, get it out of my sight. Because, you know, as we start pushing games away on the console and, and PC side, you know, the mobile market is going to keep catching up. Because, again, someone's going to be like, I need more lives on Candy Crush. Just get this real quick and get these these extra lives continue and they'll continue to make more money. And as a business side, I just do not want them to focus primarily on mobile as opposed to console gaming. Because I 
that's not my scene. Console, you know, PC gaming, that's my scene. Those are the games that I like, and those are yeah. the games mm-hmm. I want to continue. Oh, yeah. So, at that point, whatever we need to do to keep the 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 smarts and the creativity on that side of the market, I mean, it can, you can put some over on mobile, but give keep doing what they're doing. Last year, killed it with games. We had amazing games last year. It was one of the best in a long time. 2018 is looking great as well. So I I just hope they keep knocking out of the park and we find some sort of common ground. I think loot boxes aren't the answer. I think they're too aggressive, and I think people are right. I think it, it does promote gambling. But hopefully we can kind of find a median there to, to, to make things... Make things great. Oh yeah, I don't have much more, um, at least on the microtransactions on things. I'm I'm curious to see how things shape out. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, it's I, definitely an interesting time for gaming. I, yeah, like, I, I don't like it, but it's it's obvious it's here to stay. There's not yeah. much we can do about it, and uh, I mean, the the only way we're gonna regulate it and keep it where the gamers are still winning is with your wallet. And it's a question of if, you know, I think that's why Battlefront 2's failure was such a big deal. Because that yeah. was the first time where people really actually started deciding with their wallets and saying, hey, this is bull, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you far. still have a ton of people who are just like, oh, look, Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I play games occasionally and jump right in. You know, it's it's not a very... You know, there's a very select hardcore group that are actually following what's going on yeah. and yeah. knowing. So it's a, it's a question of if we can get everyone, including the casual people, you know, to really pay with, you know, look with their wallets. Otherwise, yeah. it's never going to go away. I agree. I agree, guys. So one of the things that we're, we're going to try and do moving forward, um, I, I still want to do just kind of a discussion what games we're playing, probably add a few more things into the mix. We are periodically going to be coming out with other episodes similar to this that really dig in deep on certain issues in the gaming industry. I like um, this a lot. I, I think this worked pretty well. It's kind of yeah, I, oh, yeah. As yeah. much as we play games and as much as we like games, I also want to at least a little bit, you know, let's give some information that maybe you didn't know about it, or maybe give you another perspective of how to look at these decisions and why these decisions are made. Because obviously there's people much smarter than me that are making these decisions on their end for their company. And, you know, I like to have a little bit of insight of why they make those decisions. Sometimes they work, sometimes they fail, but I want to have more episodes like this. I think, I think this one worked out really well, oh, yeah. and uh, so hopefully we can do do more like this in the future. But anyway, uh, again, thanks you guys for listening. This will be on Apple iTunes and SoundCloud, um, maybe on YouTube. We're still working that out. Again, we're still new. We're still trying to trying to get our bearings, but we are definitely yeah. getting a little bit better with each each podcast. Yeah, I feel like yeah, we're I think better. yeah, uh, I think this format was pretty good. I, I felt like we were getting a lot more. Helped us stay on track, and we had a good central tie. I feel like it helps us get a lot deeper into the things, really sink our teeth into it. Yeah. Like instead of just and kind of flowing all over the place. <laughs> I will also put the link to, you know, all the outlets to get it, as well as an email. Uh, if you guys have criticism, Should, uh, questions, link up the Discord anything we're too. doing, 
See if anyone uh, wants to have Yeah, in. or the Discord, all that stuff. We'll put the, all the information in there. Let us know because, again, we're just a few guys that love games and are just coming together each <laughs> month and putting putting together a podcast or thing just because it's something we love to do. Right, yeah, if, uh, if you're looking to play with any of us, um, might as well plug our gamer tags. I'll I'm, plug those in there I'm as well. Sam, S-Benny, S-B-E-N-E-Y. I'm on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, just about anything. You know, feel free to add me. Yeah, I'm Nathan. You can find me, uh, Growth Simulator, on Xbox. Uh, I'm not on PlayStation, and I do not know what my gamer tag is on Switch. So, but I'm usually on, on Xbox, so you can catch me there. And I'm Sean. You can catch me at Budhole. B-U-D-D. Space W-H-O-L-E. Budhole. Rest in peace, Dr. Penis. I know. I always have the best ones. I'm pissed. That was a great one. Dr. Penis. What was it after that? I thought it was just Dr. Penis, and then you had the off-brand name. Harry Amos, ah, yeah. Yes. I forgot That's about right. that one. That's right. And then he got you again. It was messed up. Uh, I'm pissed. But uh, again, guys, thanks for listening. Those of you that are listening, if you are listening to this, just know that you are one of the first. So I, you right there listening to this in your car, you. John, and you, Ashley, that's listening to this on a computer, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm just throwing names out there, but like, it'll make them hey, look if they happen to listen to it. One day, right? One of them will look. <laughs> Be like, hey, but, that's uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> they <All right>. care. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, again, thanks for uh, listening. Have a good one. Later. Thanks. Peace.